We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is you can find me. Veteransminimum.com is you can find all things VM. Let's get right into it because my guy is back on the ones and twos. It's been a while, man. Alan, what's good, bro? Hey, yeah, uh, you know, it's definitely good to be back talking football. Obviously, we've did our World Cup coverage, but now we're getting to nitty gritty of football. It'll be a very challenging time. You know, salute to everyone at ESPN for how they covered what transpired Monday night because I think all of them did a plus job and you know we'll do our best to replicate that now because this is definitely something that's been unforeseen and something that's still very hard to process given that it was such a standard football play that happened with Demar Hamlin and just seeing the way his body collapsed and all you can do is give it your prayers, donate to the toy drive, and just continue hoping. Yeah, man, there's a lot of things that we could get into of what you just mentioned now. First and foremost, I want to mention how sometimes social media could be such a powerful thing. And if utilized the right way, it could be so beautiful to see how his goal, Alan, was, I think, $2,500 to raise for this toy drive. And it's up to $6 million now. So you saw people getting behind it and... I can tell you this, man. I don't know how much of that money came from people in Buffalo, but as someone who has a soft spot for the 716, I spent a lot of time there. I went to college up there. Buffalo loves the Bills. That's all they got there, dude. And they go to bat for them. And all that Bills Mafia stuff, that's real, man. Them plowing out their, their cars when there's big snowstorms for the players, like that thing... Those things happen often. So to see the the unity of everyone on social media, which look, nowadays, man, we can't get behind a lot of things collectively where everyone agrees on something. But to see people unite for this cause and to send out their prayers. And like you said, dude, it was such a standard football play, right? It wasn't a big hit. And I think that's why it resonated with so many people, how devastating it was because... 
he makes the tackle, gets up, and then collapses. And that's when you're like, yo, that's not an ACL. That's not an Achilles. Like, Alan, there's something wrong that, that we just Yeah. Heard. Yeah, because like, you expect any receiver in that moment, like with T. Higgins, they just lowered his shoulder, kick up extra yards because it was such a big game. You can just tell, like, especially the Bengals, they, they came out with like a point to prove. You could just feel the fire, feel the intensity. Like, he, those are the types of tone-setting moments. So, uh, when, you know, what he did lowering his shoulder is just, okay, you know, you think it's just, just not our first down. Let's get the play rolling. I think the Bengals were in a hurry up too because they were just trying to move the pace. And then you, know, you thought, okay, maybe he got the wind knocked out. But, you know, when it gets to four minutes on the ground, nine minutes on the ground, ambulance coming out, it's just the severity of it. You know, just, just the image of Stefan Diggs crying, you know, obviously seeing Allen and Burrow together. It's just that those images will never get out of your mind just because it was like so symbolic of how severity of the situation. So just the more it went on and then just seeing the pain on someone like a Booker McFarlane's face who's played the game for so long, Ryan Clark, these are players that have been through the battles and, you know, just hearing them talk about what to experience and just even be on the air for that long, because I couldn't imagine just having to cover such a difficult topic and not really know what else to say, but still maintain your composure and, you know, credit of course the EMT as well. Just everyone collectively in that moment, I think everyone did as best as they could, and you know, we they should all be commended for it. Yeah, without question. And I also think what you said about the players' reactions, which we've been we've been doing a show together for a long time now. You you know, I always like to say that whenever a player goes down, his reaction tells me all I need to know about the injury. And then when you see his peers reacting in a certain way. And then just digs breaking down, Allen doing the covering his face and his mouth. Yeah. You just knew at that point there was no way that these guys were going to be able to go back and play. And it reminded me of the time that Christian Erickson went down in the Euro Cup. You remember that play, Allen? Yeah. Wasn't it? Didn't it? Dude, I was getting chills thinking about that because I I had a very similar feeling to that, man. Yeah. And I'm trying to stay as positive as possible right now, but I. It gives me more anger towards UEFA considering they played what forty five minutes after that. Yeah, like how unacceptable is that? You know, like credit to NFL for handling how they handled it, but look what UEFA did and they end up losing that game. I know, it, and it's just it was such a bigger moment at that point. It's just like this didn't need to happen, but it's just these leagues are so fixated on like, oh, we have to operate accordingly. Like our structure matters more than player safety. Thankfully, NFL isn't like that and. We don't know what the future holds in terms of this game resuming, but at least we know players' health is number one priority. Yeah, that was the wildest thing that Denmark had to go back out there on the field and continue where they they saw their guy like almost die on the field. And then to have Mm -hmm. even the discussion, and there have been some people on social media saying that it was Zach Taylor and McDermott that when they met on the field, they were like, yeah, we're pulling our guys off. We can't continue. Like, there's no way you could. After what you mm-hmm. saw, there's no way that you could make them play again. And I was happy that they canceled that game. And look, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with, with DeMar Hamlin and everything going on with him. And hopefully he's doing better. And there have been some promising reports that have surfaced from that. But if we talk about it from an X's and O's standpoint, Alan, and from like a football standpoint, there are some, there's some fallout from this incident because lost in all this was how big of a game this was for many reasons. Yeah, it was Monday Night Football, but the one seed was in the balance still. Divisions are up for grabs. Uh, seeding, MVP discussions. 
And now, Alan, what do you what do you think happens with this game potentially being moved? Your guess is good as mine. I can't like ideally. I think it'd be good if they could just, you know ship the bye weeks because at this point you have to get eight week eighteen done. Like I don't agree with having like the conferences. Like I saw some reports saying they do NFC wild card and they have the Bengals Bills game to sell it. Like I do think this game definitely needs to be resumed because there's a lot at stake when the time is right, when the players feel comfortable, and just when get more of like progression reports, even though like, I don't know if that even is a play just because like they have to prepare for week 18 now. So I think if anything, that kind of goes out the window as unfortunate it may sound, but ultimately I just think whether it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week, maybe do that. And if you have to delay the AFC playoffs, that's the best way to go about it. Cause I do think this game definitely needs to be resumed somehow because it's just the magnitude of it. And I just think there's going to be a lot of complications if they don't. Like I think I saw something where the Ravens could sweep the Bengals but still not win a division because they'd be 11-6 while the Bengals are 11-5. I think that would be a little dicey. Yeah, so this is, this is just a rumor. It's from the Pro Football, Pro Football Network and uh, Pro Football Talk, excuse me. Early indications are that week 18 is going to go as is and then next weekend the playoffs will be pushed back and you'll have the Bills and the Bengals play their game. And then what would be the divisional round would become the wild card round and everything would be slated, Allen, to be on task to finish when the Super Bowl is supposed to go down. However, there won't be that conference title game Sunday by week Super Bowl. It'll be conference title games, Pro Bowl, then the following Sunday is the Super Bowl. And I think that is the only route that they'd be able to take to make sure that that game gets played. Because, dude, I was I was upset last year when they had the Rams play a Monday night football playoff game and then had to go and play that next Sunday. So imagine having to condense all that with the playoffs now and everything and legacies being on the line. I think this is the only optimal route, Alan. I mean, they're still doing that. They're still a Monday night game. For wildcard weekend, yeah, I know. It, yeah, I think that's wrong. Yeah, so, like, like, I don't, I don't think they yeah, should. It's an awful staple. Yeah, yeah. It, it's awful. But I'm saying, just like if if they were to play this game on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, uh, that yeah. would be that's where it gets dicey. And it's like, dude, you're gonna have them mm-hmm. play a game that it's basically it's it was like you said, it was high intensity in that game. Bengals. It was the first time I saw it all year where a team won the coin toss and they're like, "Yo, we want the ball." So you knew they wanted yeah. to set the tone and to make a statement also because usually teams just defer to the second half. But they got the ball. They scored. The intensity was up. So imagine having to do that again on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday and then you got to go right into the playoffs. Like it's not fair for the players either. Yeah. I just wonder how they're like psychologically recovered. Just both both teams. Like someone even like a T. Higgins after that because, you know, he's getting so much not backlash, but, and look, we know there's a lot of stupidity out there, but just any sort of criticism towards T. Higgins is just absolutely ridiculous. The guy made a standard play. So, you know, you just you just hope for both teams' sake they're able to recover and they can play up the, the standards that they've set because you know, we, we talked about this last time. Like, we consider the Bills and Bengals top five teams. Like, these are teams that are going to, they should be competing to play in February. So hopefully they could get back to that level because they're a joy to watch. Like, this this was the game of all games this past Monday night. And, you know, that, that was, it was really deflating just to see it not happen. But 
you know, at least the NFL, they're setting the path where it could happen because, you know, if you're a football fan, you want to see this game. Nah, for sure, man. And, uh, and look, there are a couple of games this weekend that do have some playoff implications. And then there are some games, Alan, that there's, there's nothing to play for for certain teams. And this conversation always comes up this time of year. And then when you get more information, I think like your opinion is allowed to change. At least that's how I feel. But where are you in the sense of to rest or not to rest? Because there are some games this weekend, and I'll, I'll just read off a couple to you. Bucks, no matter what, they're the four seed. No matter what happens, they're playing your team, the Atlanta Falcons. You got the Giants are no matter what the six seed, right? The Chargers, no matter what, are the five seed. The Jaguars and Titans have to play each other, so that is basically a playoff game on Saturday. And then, you know, Dallas Dallas still has an outside chance at the division, depending on what happens. But the Eagles are also a 14-point favorite against the Giants. And then you also have, like, the dilemma of do you play your players like a Jalen Hurts, right, who's coming off an injury? Because I was thinking about he would come back if they got the one seed, Allen. he come back for the divisional game. You're talking about, like, six weeks since he's played. And now you're throwing him back into the mix of the playoffs. And it could be a lot. It could be a lot for him to handle in this team. But where I know I kind of went off on a rant there, but where are you in the sense of, like, how do you feel about resting players in situations like this? If you have, if you have a spot secured, you rest them. Like, team like Tampa Bay, team with the Chargers, Giants. So there's nothing to play for. Give them a week. You know, let, the, let your key players... Government, you don't want to take a risk that's unnecessary. There's definitely been times where players have gotten injured. Look at like a Mike Evans a couple years ago. You know, I think he did end up recovering, but I remember he got hurt in what was a meaningless game against the Falcons. Hell, I remember 2012, John Abraham, Falcons had the one seed. John Abraham got injured against Tampa last game, hurt his hamstring, and he was not 100% in the playoffs, and he was really ineffective. And to this day, people still give Mike Smith heat for it. So it's just if you're locked into a seed, why take a chance with your players like I guess they may play one or two drives, but anything more than a half, I think, is just ridiculous. Like I do agree, John Hurts definitely should play because they have to lock up this one seed. Like it would be pretty embarrassing if Philly does not have a home game because they lost three in a row. So absolutely, he should play. But teams like Tampa Bay, teams like Chargers, Giants, you know, probably Dallas. If I don't know what the time is, because is is Philly Giants one o'clock? All the all the games that are in division, they all start at the same time. So that there isn't oh, okay. no, so there isn't no like ah we're gonna rest them now because we know we have no chance. Like now gotcha. there are so Dallas has to compete, right? Dallas has to compete. Yeah. So does Philly. Yeah. There are certain scenarios where I'm pretty sure Minnesota plays at one o'clock. So that Minnesota, if they lose, they know for a fact. Like San Francisco would know ah uh, we have a chance to be the two seed in that scenario. So. For the most part, when it's like in division, those games start at the same time. Unless something gets flexed out, like we have the the Lions and the Packers game that got flexed to Sunday Night Football. That's really the only game outside of Jaguars-Titans where it's like winning you're in. And it's for, well, in, in one scenario, it's for a wild card. The other one is for the division, the AFC South. But dude... You've been you've been off Green Bay all year. Has anything changed for you? You know, I've been sort of uh, driving that bandwagon a little bit last couple of weeks with Green Bay, but you've just been anytime 
to pull the curtain back, anytime I hit up Alan, I'm like, yo, I want to talk about the Packers. He's like, bro, I don't want to talk about the Packers, man. Let's talk about something else. But now he kind of I mean, has there was a statement on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it was a statement. There's no denying it. Defensively, they have the most dangerous returner in the league in Kayshawn Nixon. Uh, they're finally getting back to a running game. So now the Minnesota game, how can you not be impressed by that? Uh, the Miami game, I thought it was given to them. I think all three interceptions were on two. I wasn't all that impressed with the Miami win. But the Minnesota win, just like, okay, this team's here. So, no, they're def- definitely a team that is they're going to be a challenge. Uh, so, um, I'm, I'm into them, but you know, I think it's still a, a kind of war down Green Bay where it just like their defense is still kind of finding their way. You know, they got to rely on their running because it's just the offense is not explosive. They cannot produce explosive plays uh, unless Watson does something. So, it's just a team that they're going to have to kind of grind games out. And I think they're more than capable of doing it. But, you know, as a seventh seed, you've got to play San Fran. I just don't see it. But as a playoff team, yeah, I think they're huge favorites against Detroit. I expect them to run for like 200 yards. And, you know, Green Bay, they're, they'll get through. They'll, you know, they could be happy for a little bit. Is that ultimately what you think happens? Do you think they beat the Lions? Yeah, I think it's a big mismatch. I look, the Lions are a great story, but, but the Lions just allowed, what, 300 rushing yards to Carolina not too long ago. Jared Goff in a cold weather big time game. It's just, it's just, yeah. Like, look, I think they're well coached and they definitely have playmakers, but I just think you talk about that big game experience and just Detroit's defense being below average all year. Like, I think this is a kind of a layup for Green Bay, regardless of what happens with Seattle. Yeah. And we've seen the Lions when they go to play outdoors, it could get really ugly for them. Like, what happened to them in New England? What happened to them in Carolina? Now you're going into Lambeau, prime time. Green Bay went from dead to now, I think. They might be the team I trust the most heading into the playoffs, dude. I know it sounds crazy, but you look at the landscape of the NFC. I was talking about this on the Monday show. You look at the landscape of the NFC. Every team is seriously flawed. Either they're coming in injured. Either they're coming in not playing their best ball. You have teams like Tampa Bay and Minnesota who you don't trust at all because of how bad Tampa Bay's been all year for the most part. And then obviously the Kirk Cousins thing. He's the reason why people don't really trust Minnesota. And then you got you got Purdy in San Francisco who feel like there's two different camps when it comes to him. Like people trust him and they're like, yo, he's basically Jimmy G. I don't think so. I think if if Jimmy G was playing on this team. I'd almost, if I was a Niners fan, I'd be booking a trip to Arizona. I think no one beats them. But I think that there's there's serious flaws with all these teams in the NFC. And then you look at Green Bay coming in. They, they've been playing playoff games now for a month. I don't know, man. There's something about this Packers team, dude, where they finally figured out Christian Watson, too. Like you said, they got some guys back on, on defense. Oh, no, sorry. You said about, like, them running the ball again. I yeah, think- which is important. Like, it's... AJ Dillon, they need they need to make sure he's going because he just he's such a difference maker for him. He sets the tone. Yeah, yeah, and between him and Aaron Jones together, and then that could open up things for the passing game. And maybe now this year they don't have any pressure or expectations. Look, last year they were the one seed. He won MVP, Aaron Rodgers, and everyone was saying it's going to be a disappointment if they can't make it to the Super Bowl. And then they get bounced in their first game. So now they're kind of they're going to be flying under the radar. They're going to play all their games on the road. Because no matter what, they're going to be a seven seed if they do win this game. And look, man, this all, all he needs to do is to get hot. And you experienced it firsthand. I know it was about a decade ago, but all he needs to do um, is get hot. 
I, lo- I like how you're playing multiple terms. Meanwhile, they're playing San Fran, the team they lose to every time the playoffs. Like, look, let's be blunt. They're not being San Fran. And I think they'll get handled pretty easily by San Fran. I'm not like, look, we can keep it moderate with Green Bay, but they're not winning a playoff game. Absolutely not. Wow. What if they play Minnesota in the first round? Um, so that would require San Fran losing to an Arizona Cronos team that's kind of checked out for a month, and then Minnesota would have to be Chicago. Like to me, San Fran's locked into two seats, so I yeah. think it would be San Fran Green Bay. So no, I think no, I like I said, Green Bay. It's been it's good for Lafleur's case because I know people doubt him. Uh, I think he's still one of the better coaches in the league. So you know, it's, it's, I'm not trying to downplay what Green Bay's done. It's been impressive, but it's just. Let's not get all dreamy here. This is still a team that can't do much offensively in a defense that you get at pretty well. So, uh, you know, they'll beat Detroit, but I just, come on, them against San Fran, it's, it's a huge mismatch. Dude, I don't know if I agree, man, because I saw San Fran all come right. to Vegas. You, and- buy into, you, you always buy to Green Bay. Like, you know, for Green Bay, it's like we know they're a soft team. Right, but I'm saying, like, the, the San Francisco aspect to it, it's, it's Brock Purdy. He answered some questions for me last week because they were down double digits and he came back and he won that game. But, like, their defense got lit up by, by Stidham. I mean, it's always going to be one game. Like, like Dallas' defense has been getting lit the, what, the last three, four weeks? So, it just, look, NFL is yeah, crazy da- like Dallas, that. I know it would... You know Dallas is mid. That's saying. why. Dallas is mid. First round bounce. I mean, I still, I, still, I still have hope, but not great hope. But... Um, no, like, look, defense is going to have blips, man. Like, the Jets' defense has had a couple of blips. Like, it's yeah. hard to maintain week in and week out to be an elite defense. But, look, let's, right. let's, let's not kid ourselves. San Fran's as lethal as it gets. You know, they, they likely had the defensive player of the year, you know, rushing past or, you know, pretty much one of the game against the Raiders. Yeah, he's definitely a defensive player of the year. Right now, current odds, he's minus 1,500, meaning $1,500 to win $100, Nick Bosa to win defensive player of the year. Oh. By the way, did you know Hassan Rek has 16 sacks? I just found that out two days ago because I was watching Philly highlights against New Orleans. Like, wow. Like, I know Philly's D-line's lethal, but I know Hassan Rek had literally 16 sacks. Dude, it got to be something about Arizona Cardinal, like, uh, cast-offs. Because remember Marcus Golden had, like, 12 sacks with the New York Giants out of nowhere? You're like, how the hell oh, did yeah, this guy true. get? Like, there's always a random but- dude that just gets double-digit touchdowns or sacks. Like, bro, Jamal Williams. That's what, 16 touchdowns yeah. this year? Who would have thought that? You spent all this time drafting and, and, and scouting and picking up your players for your fantasy leagues. And then, you know, you're taking guys in the first round, second round. And then when does Jamal Williams go? The ninth round and he leads the league in rushing touchdowns? You're like, dude, come on. This is why, this is why, like, I'm, this is why I'm so happy, Alan. I don't, I don't play daily fantasy anymore because I would Oof. spend hours and hours throughout the week trying to put a lineup together and then like Zilstra on the Lions will score three touchdowns like he did a couple weeks ago. You're like, dude, what, what is happening? Or Daniel Jones will score four touchdowns and you're like, oh, okay. Listen, what, what do they call him? Vanilla Vic? <laughs> Let's go, baby. Vanilla. Let's go, baby. Can he, get, can, can he grow a beard? He's got to grow a beard. He's got to get his Nike shoe. Yo, he's, but but crazy thing with Hassan Rick, he's from he actually came from Carolina. I know he got drafted by Arizona, but like he went to Carolina for yeah. a bit and then he went to so he's been on a bit of a journey. Yeah, man. There's always there's always guys that just have these years. You're like, huh? Him? Like he had that, that kind mm-hmm. of a season. So I I personally would like to I think the Packers winning would make it a better story and a better game in the playoffs. Cause I think 
I think the Lions. I 100 agree with you. Yeah, I think the Lions get slaughtered if they make it into the playoffs. And to me, it would be it would We've be more Seattle too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and I also want to end on the other matchup between the Jaguars and the Titans. I can't believe that the Titans have like been on this skid the way they have. I know you've been a pro Titans guy for the longest. Mike Vrabel is one of your guys. But from a from a fun standpoint and and like fresh standpoint, I would love to see the Jaguars win this game. Uh, it's their time. Like just not even just talk about pure momentum, but just from a personnel standpoint. Like the Jaguars are gonna be a top ten offense. Their defense is budding. That D line's been punishing teams. So and you just look at the Titans, they're just so wounded. Like, yeah, they still got Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byer, Derek Henry will be back. So they still got those stars that could change a game. Like, I wouldn't count out Tennessee, but, you know, you want to compare rosters, you know, and, and now Jacksonville has the coaching staff too. It's like, it's got to be their time. And I think whether they play the Chargers or the Ravens in the first round, I think they could win a playoff game too. So uh, even though they're kind of young and you know, Trevor, he's picking up, but sometimes he could be a little too reckless with the ball, I think. It's it, it's got to be all it's got to be the Jaguars' time. Like they have to deliver on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think the quarterback matchup is greatly in their favor, even if Tannehill was out there. And then I just think that the Jaguars are playing better right now. And I'd be very careful in the wild card round because they are the winner of this game is going to host a home game in the playoffs, and they'll play the Chargers. And the Chargers will be a road favorite in that game. And everyone knows how I feel about the LA Chargers, but I will be very, very careful because I can see them hanging a line that'll get a lot of people trapped by the hook there. And to me, I think that the Jaguars, I don't want to say that they can make some noise, but I think this would be a massive step for the organization if they do win this game, they make the playoffs, and then you have this young roster with all the growing pains of getting a playoff appearance and then you build off that moving into next year. That's how I think this plays out for Jacksonville. And also, dude, we were recording this back in Queens, man. And I said that the only way to bet the Jaguars to make the playoffs is for them to win the division at 9-1 to one at the time we were having Ooh, the combo. That's right. And it still has some legs, dude. It has some life. Because we were looking at it from this standpoint, Alan, how the Jaguars, there's, there's no way that two teams from the AFC South are going to make the playoffs. So we were saying they were plus 400 to make the playoffs, but they were 9-1 to one to win the division. It's like, dude, there's no way. Like, the AFC was so loaded. What we thought of the AFC West, what we thought of the AFC East, even the North, we were like, yo, these divisions are stacked. There's no way that there's going to be two teams. So the, the Jaguars plus 900 still has some life. So I'll be rooting for that so that we can go back and cut those clips. But I also think that the Jaguars are just a better team right now. And if they want to be taken serious moving forward, this is the kind of game that teams that want to be taken serious do step off the field with a W. Could we quickly touch on the seventh seed with the AFC? Because I think probably because we're looking for some positivity. Man, Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care how ugly it is. I'm loving every bit of it. Like I'm pulling for them hard to get the seventh seed, even though there are some circumstances and obstacles for them to do this. Look, it would continue the trend of him never having a losing record if they win. So I think that the Steelers are definitely going to go and compete. Yeah, they do have a chance to, to make the playoffs. It is a lot of like craziness needs to go down. However, I think that he's going to have them fired up. And, you know, they like playing 
for for him. And Tomlin has been there for so long. And we always talk about a year in, year out. Like, yo, he's a guy who has never had a losing record. And that's going to be on the line for him this week. So, yeah, I think it'd be interesting, man. Uh, I don't know, though. Like, it, they make the playoffs, they get throttled. But it would be a cool story because they have a pretty young team as well. Yeah, and it's just at this point, it's either New England, which nobody wants to see. I'm not even sure if Patriot fans want to see them again. Considering remember last year when they played Buffalo in that first round, it was over by the second quarter. And then you have a Miami team that just looks kind of diminished, especially given the quarterback uncertainty. So I just think for entertainment purposes, uh, Pittsburgh, just this resurgent defense, just fun group of playmakers, and just Kenny Pickett slinging it around. Uh, I, I think it would be cool. I don't know if they're going to be able to do much, but for a seven seed and just given the star talent they have, guys like Watt, Fitzpatrick, like, let's do it. So I'm, I'm hoping they go off, but of course, look, they need New England to lose to Buffalo and they need Miami to lose to Jets. So odds are definitely not looking good. It was around this time last year, Alan, when sports betting got legal in New York. And one of the first big moments was the Patriots playing the Bills and the Bills were a three-point favorite against the Patriots in Buffalo in the playoffs. And it was like, oh, in this economy, oh, yeah. you're giving us minus three. And it was just like double down, in-game, overs. It was just, bro, they won by 38. Oh, what a gift. Man. Good time, we, we, we need a better Saturday night wild card game. NFL, please. Like, I don't know what you could do this year, but just please, no Patriots. Please. Hey, man, this is, why, this is why betting is lit because it was a great game for me. Even though I mean, was- <laughs> yeah, more power to you. <laughs> hey, man, this was this was fun. Good to reconnect with you. Uh, it's been it's been a while with the holidays. I'm I'm glad you're doing well. Nice to hear from you. And uh, we'll continue this next week, dude. It's gonna start getting better yeah, and better. Sure. The games are gonna get better and better. So I appreciate your time. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, Alan Stark. That's A L L E N S T R K on Twitter. And uh, once again. Prayers to DeMar Hamlin, yep. Buffalo, Cincinnati, family, and all of that. And I just keep hoping he recovers and you know, the league could. You, know, you just see, so start getting back to football because it, it is heavy right now. But uh, yeah. hopefully uh, we start seeing these big matchups come to play and play football, none better than it. I want to give a shout out to Jason, Jason Fanning. He tagged us on the show this week that he was listening. And also, shout out to Bernsey in the Discord. Always getting it popping. Oh, and to uh, Nick Chavez, won the VM Fantasy League. I think he beat me in the playoffs too, Alan. That's foul, bro. Uh, oh, uh, did, now, did he win it like before Monday night? Nah, or, it, was, like, it was, was a decisive one. It was, uh, I think, uh, Jordan. Shouts to Jordan Riley in the Discord. He had a chance to win it. But then with uh, the game being stopped, Nick Chavez ended up winning. So congrats to him. Oh, uh, yeah, that's another whole talk about it. So I'm, I'm doing co-champs. I'm not, if it's close, oh. like in my league, I'm up five. So I'm up five on my buddy, Kev, who's literally won back-to-back years. He's going for a three-peat. I'm currently beating him by five, but he has Burrow. I have Singletary and McPherson. So for now, I'm just going to do co-champs. I'm just like, I don't feel right taking the win. Yeah. But, you know, fingers crossed that they do resume somehow because, yeah, that's another... Even though, look, it is it's obviously it's, it's significant, but right, right, right. Look, you know how big things is, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, but, it's uh, just, it's the same everyone thing. Everyone has their own commission style. Yeah, well, it's the same thing that happened in the in the contest I'm in because I had the Bengals plus two and a half, 
and they didn't they didn't do anything with that game. No win, no loss, no push. And you know, it, it might be like uh, thousands of dollars kind of swing. And like you said, in the grand scheme of things, hopefully he's doing well. But this is also the other side of of the fallout from that game too. A lot of people were getting at these sports books for like not refunding people their money. Is look, this is a billion dollar like market that goes on 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 a weekly basis with the sports betting stuff. So. Yeah, man. It could be a talking point for another time, but at Veterans Minimum, you can find everything for the show throughout social media. At Nick Day is 10, as you can find me, and we'll catch you guys next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.